Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Gaming podcast. And now it's time for your news break with Logan. Hi, I'm Logan Claxton. This is news break. Welcome back. Randy Pitchford, bad at close up magic, worse at Twitter. Goodwill doesn't understand that I have a podcast to do, so I'm late. Nintendo's Christmas black market is now a thing. That's been your news break with Logan. Hello, welcome to a horrible gaming podcast. My name is Zachariah Van Sliders with Old Man Gaming. With me, as always, is Logan, aka Nine Six Four Five, and this is episode twenty-three, twenty-two. I can't remember. It's twenty-two, twenty-two, and uh, it is it is a special episode today. But before we get into that, we got to get into disclaimers. Uh, as you have already figured out, neither one of us do this professionally. Uh, we, we don't get paid for this, so we're probably not going to go back and edit it. Uh, you just, what you hear is what you get. Uh, and, uh, I also would be remiss if I didn't mention the credits of the people who have contributed to this, uh, shit show of a show. Uh, number one, Mark Bell. Thank you for doing the graphics at the opening and any original graphics we needed. And my brother, Nick Van Sliders, thank you for writing and performing the song that opens the show every week. All right, so top of the show, we are going to do fans reaction, as per se usual. We got one comment this this week, which is to be expected. We're recording really early uh, because of Christmas, and hey, it's the holidays, so you're not expecting to get a ton of them. Uh, our comment is from good friend of the show and channel, philbilly 330 Phil. Uh, and the question, of course, was 2019 a good one for you? He said, for me, 2019 was a little rough due to some personal stuff and a big loss of a loved one. However, in gaming, the year has been amazing because after seven years of waiting, the greatest series of games ever made, parentheses, fact, not opinion, came out and BL3, he is, of course, referring to Borderlands 3, is glorious, even with its flaws. Uh, on a side note, uh, he is excited for the Series X, but it looks, but the look reminds him of a Windows 95 computer tower. <laughs> so, uh, now that he has commented, uh, we are going to show everybody out there how well we, we reward our commenters, and we are going to go ahead and beam him directly in to the Quantum Studio. Logan, would you please beam in PhilBilly330? Beaming him in now. Whoa. Holy shit, guys. Alright. How's it going? How's it going? We are we are very well, sorry to pull you away uh, from your dinner. We we obviously see that you were just hanging out on your couch naked. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have our assistant get you like a bathrobe or something. Um, but you commented on our show, which means you get to be on it, Phil. You get to be on it. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Always be clothed. No, I'm just kidding. You'll be forced on it. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Phil. Uh, we are we're doing it again. We're doing Borderlands, the Borderlands episode, the sequel. We're bringing you back because uh, it's been a big year for Borderlands Three, and it, a lot of stuff has happened in the last four months. And we figured, uh, you know, it's the holiday season. We're recording early, so why not devote a whole nother show to it? Yeah. yeah. To do uh, that, we need our resident expert. We need. Phil Billy 330 on the show. So welcome. Thank you for taking the time, even though, you know, we forced you to be here with future technology. Sure. Yeah, no problem. I'm sure every time someone hears my name, they just know that the asshole who only plays Borderlands is coming on. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Phil's on the show, we're going to be talking about Borderlands in some capacity. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm cool with that. Uh, well, that brings fan interaction basically to a close. However, we do want to throw out another question to you guys. Uh, and just to let everybody know out there, I know it doesn't give you a lot of time, but we are recording this this week and next week's on Sunday, 
directly after the show, so it only gives you two days to comment, which is why we don't have a lot of fan traction this week. Um, but it's just due to the holidays, uh, our recording schedule had to change just for these two weeks. But we're still going to ask a question, just in case you guys can answer it. And that question is, what do you guys want for Christmas? What are you hoping is under that Christmas tree? Uh, please say a game. Don't say anything insane like a car or a box of dildos or something like that. Um, but, like, what game do you want under the tree? What system do you want under the tree? Like, share with us. We will read your comments. You can share here or on Facebook. All right, so on this Borderlands episode, uh, part two, we're going to start us off by talking about the newest big release uh, from Borderlands 3, and that would be the Moxie's Heist of the Handsome Jackpot, if I said that mouthful correctly. 12 words. It's, it's, it's a fun DLC, though. <laughs> it is a fun DLC. We're going to get into that. Uh, it came out on Thursday. It is the first paid DLC uh, for Borderlands. It has, of course, had plenty of patches, upgrades, and then some free content drops, which I very much love. But this is the first big, paid, eight-hour experience. So, uh, Phil, uh, you and I have both played through the whole thing. So what is your take on it? Let's get the expert opinion first. I thought it was great, actually. The, um, the only thing that I was missing in this was, like, but it's just me like i'm sure this will come with other dlc but i was just hoping for i'm not spoiling it but for after then boss to find like a massive like you know since it was a casino i'm like cool there's gonna be like a vault room that's got just hundreds of chests to open or you know right bunch chests to open and and there were there were some stuff to open, but I, I just like I was hoping for the uh, uh, what was from Borderlands one the General Knox. Like, yeah, the or, big payout at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. like huge. But but I get it. They probably don't want to blow their load with the first DLC, and not every DLC has had that. So right. It, it was cool. The the payoff was still it was still good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And. Let me ask you a question. Um, sorry, not to interrupt, but let me ask you a question. Does this one have a raid boss? Uh, no. Hmm. Uh, no, not, I thought, not yet. I, I wasn't sure if it did, and I, I was wondering. I mean, I think personally they're kind of trying to transition from putting raid bosses in the DLC and the main content and just putting them into, like, takedowns. Well, to be fair, too, Zach, that, like... It's hard to remember because that was like seven years ago, but the rate bosses didn't exist when the DLCs first dropped in BL2 either. Well, Terra, Terra, what's his face did? Terra, yeah, in yeah. the main story. Game. But like the, the, um, who were the, the Seraph guys? The right. Invent- they, they didn't exist in the beginning, so they could always go back and, and plug it into to this map if they wanted to. Well, and again, I'm not counting that against this DLC uh, just because, like I said, I feel like they're trying to move their raid bosses into their takedowns. Which is cool. Which is, yeah, which is personally the way I'd prefer they do it. Um, But, okay, so my take on it, uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I want to say, before I say anything negative, uh, I mean, my review of this comes out uh, as we're recording tomorrow, but this podcast won't be out until Friday, so it'll be up after my review. So you'll have already seen my review. So a lot of the stuff I'm about to say, you'll probably anybody who watched my review has already heard. But uh, the th- most positive thing I want to say, I want to hammer this home. This is the best bit of writing in Borderlands Three, in my opinion. I, I agree with that. Like the jokes hit perfectly. The action is great, and, and the, the funniness doesn't, like, the balance, I felt like they had a hard time striking a balance in the Borderlands 3 main story like they did in 2, where it was funny, but there was also, like, high stakes, you know? Like, yeah. whereas yeah, was... this time, this one, kind of really felt like they nailed that for the first time in the Borderlands 3 um, yeah. s- story content. This was the first one that actually, like, there were some side missions that had me legitimately laughing. Like, yes. there's this 
there's one side mission where you I think her name was like Double Down Donna or something. I, and, uh, there was a couple of side it, missions I skipped to be able to finish it. So, dude, you gotta do it because it is. She's like, she has you do this thing and thinks you won't be able to achieve it. So then she doubles down on that, and like eventually you go through this thing and you do all this crap for her, and then she like decides she's gonna double down and fight you for it. <laughs> you kill her. She drops an echo. That's like if you're reading this or if you're hearing this, I'm down, I'm dead, but I'm about to double down and like send the echo sends you somewhere else. Like, <laughs> it, it was so funny. That is awesome. I have to go back and do that. There, you know, on the on the flip side of that, there was a side quest that straight up made me tear up, and I don't think a Borderlands has ever done that. Which one was that? The picnic one. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about with the robot. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to like throw it out there because I, f I feel like that's one of the side quests that the end kind of makes you like, wow. But like, I actually was like, holy shit, that should not, that like, that almost didn't even belong in a Borderlands, you know? Yeah, at the beginning of that particular one, I thought you were going to end up killing the rogue. Right, right. I thought it was just going to be a fight, like everything, but they did something really different and cool. And that's, that was kind of like the through line of this entire. DLC is like instead of doing the easy low hanging fruit that like they like to do, they did something different, and I, I really love it. And I don't want to get into spoiler territory at all, but the the storyline through line of the NPCs, Timothy and Freddy are just the they're awesome. They're the best in Borderlands. Like they're start to finish storylines. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, um, and. and want to shout out to Gearbox as far as like they say you know and I'm sure this is difficult how they say they with the bosses they wanted to do you know make them different rather than being bullet sponges yeah and, and yeah. unfortunately some of that has come across as they have just like put immunity phases in the fights which I don't think really solves that issue but there was one particular boss fight that I thought was so because the boss wasn't just one thing. It was like a horde. Yeah. And once you eliminated the horde, then the second health bar dropped down, and that was the one thing. Yeah. I, like, I, I know the fight you're talking about, and I thought that that was probably one of the best boss fights they've ever done, if not the best. Yeah. I'm still kind of... I'm still kind of in love with Malawan, the Malawan takedown, even though I still haven't managed to actually complete the damn thing. Um, but but that boss fight was amazing. I, I do want to point out just a couple of negatives um, since I got to. Uh, my big negative on this is uh, I feel like it was a little lackluster on the game-changing things. Like, I, I thought, like... The Bloody Harvest went on too long and got really irritating with the ghosts. Everybody knows that. But it still changed the meta of the normal game, not even the game that you were playing for, like, that period of time, which is different from any other event. When you do a Destiny 2, and, and Logan can speak to this, yeah. when, when you do a Destiny 2 event, the event is relegated to just what it is, and also in the hub area, it's snowing or some shit, you know? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Which is fine. I'm not knocking their events, but like the fact that like the Bloody Harvest event really felt like an event. The game itself changed for two months because of Halloween. Uh, that to me was just really cool. And then you added in their Malawan takedown, which were just like everything I want Borderlands 3 to become and be uh, in their boss fights and the way they work. Um, to then have Jax, which is the best content, I said that already, uh, but just a content drop, that's my only, my only knock on it was I think, I think after playing it, probably not before, but after playing all three, I would rather pay for the takedown and the event than the actual content, than get the, the content drop for free. Mm, I, I agree to some point, like, uh. See, I didn't really care for the Bloody Harvest that much. It was cool because it was totally free. And right. It did 
them out of some other things to do. But And I think they even know that they might have gone about that a little wrong with not being able to shut it off and it right. affecting it. Mm-hmm. Right. But, well, um, and if you can't shut it off, it, it needs to be two weeks. Yeah. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be two and a half months. I, I think the mistake really was the two and a half months of that that everybody was sick of it and done with it by then. You know, like shorten the amount of challenges you have to do with it to a hundred percent the event and just make it a shorter thing, you know? Yeah. Malawan takedown now I loved because that yeah. is like that is it still is and probably for a while until another you know uh takedown event will be the pinnacle of the hardest content in the game which for someone like me who is obsessed with uh, min maxing and finding builds to just be able to solo something that i'm not supposed to be able to yeah is the benchmark for me to be like, okay, this build is God tier, or, you know, that that's where I get the fun out of the game. So I agree mm-hmm. with that. However, I do think the story expansions are a necessity too. Yeah. Just, just to, so I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm okay with just this story expansion keeping to the old system as long as they continue. To, and it seems like their plan, as we'll talk about that more later, is to continue these monthly drops. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. just something new to keep it keep it shaken up. Well, and I don't I don't disagree with that, and I definitely think they need the content drops. I don't I don't I don't argue that at all. I just, you know, all these other places, a lot of them are doing like free DLCs and whatnot. I think when you're competing with something like that, I think the way they released stuff. Like, if, if this content was the first content that had come out, like, new content that had come out after the game's release, I wouldn't have these these negatives at all. Because then yeah. you could move into, like, an event and make it cool, and then you could move into the Malawan takedown, and it would be an escalation. I felt like you took, like, three steps up, then one step back, I guess. At the yeah. same time, I do agree. You need that content. You need it. I just... I felt unfulfilled on the game mechanics addition to it. it. It was really just more of the same stuff. And I don't know how quite they fixed that, but I've just got to point it out when I point it out, you know? A game really needs that content to st- stay alive in today's age. Well, and I tell you what, they really doubled down on the, the story content of it, which I do appreciate. I I don't know if I hammered it home enough in the review, so I'm doing it now. That content is great content. While I may complain that it, on the mechanical side of it, the actual play side of it, it doesn't do anything new, the actual story content is without a doubt the best story content. And some of the guns they put in are amazing. They're just fun. Dude, these new, some of the new legendaries that dropped have, like, I was starting to fall off because I had kind of made all these builds that, um, you know, were were like it's the best I could do. And then they dropped some of these guns, and I'm thinking to myself, like, holy shit, I could make an entire build <laughs> around this gun with this specific character. And they're and they're break. fun. I love the fact that they put so much like. Like, the two pistols, like, you got that one pistol, there's this pistol that, like, every time you reload the gun, it randomly selects modifiers for the gun. So, yeah. like, it can suddenly be full auto, it can suddenly shoot explosive bullets, It, which is cool in itself, but then they've got this other gun that just, it shoots bombs, and it just, it's like a handheld rocket launcher, and it looks cool, <laughs> the guns look so freaking cool in this one. Like, I was really floored by the gun design in this this DLC. And that's something I didn't get a chance to talk about in my review, so I'm doing it now uh, because I just I hadn't gotten far enough in it when I actually recorded the audio for the review. The, the gun design in this one is just all out. I mean, I love the gun design in Borderlands 3, but, like, this one just, like, I didn't think they could go to that next level, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, and and they dropped uh, the rocket launch, uh, the ion cannon rocket launcher, right. which 
the most powerful damage output gun in the game, so it gives you that Borderlands 2 North, North Fleet feeling, and for any of you Zane mains out there, I hmm. don't know if they Right here. It, Old man forever. Their new class mod for Zane, it maybe Zane's still broken as a character, but with the, that class mod, he can keep up with any of the rest of them. It is insane because the class mod, just by shooting an enemy, a chance to um, proc all of his kill skills, and that's where Zane's power lies. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, now Zane is able to do what I'm able to do as Flack or Moe's or... Maybe not as much as Amar is able to do because she's still busted, but but it's okay. Um, he, he's definitely competent in Mayhem Four now. Right. right. So so are they having better um, uh, like a better timing on their updates with characters? Because I know when they first came out and stuff, then they kept buffing or nerfing popular characters. Yeah. Instead of going for the like the actual problem ones. I. You know, on the buffing and nerfing a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to. I'm, I'm sure Phil knows this better than I do. But from my opinion of a guy who kind of stepped back from it a little bit and then came back to it on this DLC, uh, I do feel like this time around the characters, all the characters, they might not be like broken or at that high level. But like, if you're a casual player like myself, they all feel viable. Whereas I didn't feel like they all felt viable before. That's yeah. I can confirm that they're they're all viable now. Zane was still lacking a little bit, but they really did help him out in this DLC. Right. Uh, the character that's a little OP, I guess you would call it, is uh, Amara the Siren. But it's not the character; it's just one particular build that I'll give a shout out to him because he's awesome. This actually, this dude named Moxie who uh, is a Borderlands 3 YouTuber. Had, if you think I'm nerdy about the game, he's crazier, and he had just figured out this Ricochet Witch build with her, and it's just insane. But but again, like that, does that mean the character's broken, or does that mean that somebody really found a way to, to min-max yeah. to, to mm-hmm. kill it, which is... Which is what I love to do in the game too. Well, and there's oh, some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta take advantage of it. Yeah, and there's something to be said about this game being a PVE only. Like you're not PVPing, so it's not. It's not like, like that. Was, like, don't get me wrong. I think you should nerf it when it's just ridiculous. But at the same time, I almost feel like I don't like. It's a power trip as is. Like nerf away. Like yeah. Just make them all even. Don't make it so that, like, if I'm not playing this guy, I can't be good. Like, I had talked to Phil. The Moe's build I wanted to do was I wanted to do a straight mecha build with my Moe's build. And the mecha didn't scale well. So, like, you'd get to those higher levels and you can't kill anybody with the mecha weapons. So the mecha is useless at that point. So, like, my build was building to nothing. I don't feel like that's the way anymore. Like, I feel like I could do my mecha build, which is great. I actually, after I finished this DLC with Zane, I went back to my Moe's build and started playing her again and started to work on that build again, which I hadn't even thought I would ever do, you know? They, they did. They, they fixed. You know, it's, it's like I was telling back when he asked me if it was fixed. It's, the mech is now viable. Right. Is it the best build in the game? No. But that that's okay as long and that you got a point like as long as these builds are viable and everyone can do everything to a point then in my opinion the game's okay well and that's the thing you're if it was pvp then the metas that you're talking about those would be the only metas you either play that or you lose because you're up against other players but it's pve so just make every build viable and it's good. It's good because then anybody can play it any way they want, you know? Yeah, which I think the game has moved into a good direction in that sense. Yeah, I, I would actually have to say they've. I have complained about that before. I think they're doing a little bit better with that. But we, we definitely have to move on to another subject. All right, so our next subject. We're staying on the Borderlands, but we're also 
We're also going to bash something that's one of my all-time favorite things to bash. So, Borderlands 3 has released on Google's Stadia. Uh, however, a uh, little interesting tidbit, uh, it has no hotfixes, no patches, and no extra content. It is just the base game in its purest form. Um, so, <laughs> this is egregious, and I think it's more egregious on Stadia than anything else because Stadia is the one that bo boasts that you don't need to update it because it already updates on their own server, that it's always the best copy. And this comes out as just the base broken model that they've been working on for four months. Yeah. Gotta love it. I'll throw it out there right now. There's no point in playing that game. <laughs> uh, yeah, just because it's so broken? Yeah, in every way. I mean, uh, the, the, the only redeeming grace that Gearbox had with this game was how they supported it. So if that's not there, forget it. Well, and I want to know the backstory behind it because uh, I feel like this is a fuck you from someone, uh, whether it's from Stadia or it's from Randy Pitchford and Gearbox. I'm not sure, but somebody is giving somebody the middle finger, and I'd love to know more about that because, <laughs> you know, I, unfortunately, because I, I hate Stadia, I don't know the process on the updates. Like, the whole way it's supposed to work is the game exists on their their server so like you jack into mm -hmm. it from wherever you are so you're not playing the game on any hardware it's in its software its hardware uh out in california or wherever um because of that it automatically downloads any updates or patches that the company gives it uh, or it's supposed to so my my biggest thing is how does this happen how can stadia possibly like a system that boasts that you don't have to have, like you never have to wait for the updates or the patches to upload because they're already always there. There's nothing in it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's going to be like a domino effect too because other companies really hold all the cards then. Yeah. So if Stadia is like, hey, we want this update, and they're like, uh, no, we're not going to give it to you for another week. They can't really do anything about it. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like, who is withholding this update? Is Gearbox being like, we're not going to update it on Stadia? We're not going to give you the updates? Or is it Stadia like, we're just going to put this game out. We don't want your updates. Like, who is screwing this up somewhere along the line? And, you know, this just feeds into the fact that, I, you know, Stadia has had an abysmal run of things lately. Um, I think, yeah. uh... I think I have a, a conspiracy theory on it. Ooh. Maybe is, we love uh, those, Phil. We love those. Yeah, we, we, we love non-factual opinion-based... <laughs> Spe speculation is our, is our gravy, man. Yes. My guess on the situation is that, like, Stadia probably got, in the Borderlands realm anyways, maybe Stadia got with Gearbox in the beginning, like... I'm talking maybe even like pre-launch of the game and they came to some money agreement or whatever it might be. And then Gearbox did way better than even they anticipated, which they did. They, their sales were outlandish and they're yeah. keeping a good player base. Mm -hmm. So maybe Gearbox was like, look, we want more money as they probably are able to. And we all know Stadia isn't doing <laughs> great by any means. No. So they were like, we can't afford it. And Gearbox was like, fine, then you can, we have a contract. You already paid, you got the game, but that's all you get. And said, fuck you, basically. Because why, why stick more of their uh, assets into a company that, as far as it's looking, is going down the tubes anyways? Well well, and I want to point something out that will help feed into this conspiracy. Technically, Google Stadia is not out yet. And this is something that people don't understand because of the botched way that Google has done this. But the Google Stadia is not technically come out until next year. 
The thing oh, that yeah. you get right now for $193 is called the Founders Pack. And the Founders Pack is actually less than you're going to get next year when you just do a subscription. So it could be that conspiracy. It could also be Gearbox going, hey, you're not even out yet. We don't give a shit about you. Yeah. I I do like the money thing because I think, I think that could very easily like fit into it. I also feel like Randy Pitchford is not above seeing how bad how bad Stadia is doing and trending and just being like, we're, we're they're not our priority anymore, you know. Yeah. Oh, completely. And and as much as I hate the guy as a business decision, is that even wrong, you know? <laughs> no, I I hate him too, but I gotta be honest, I wouldn't get on that sinking ship. I I will say this. For the people who who are buying this game on that system, I think it's a little bit of an injustice. Now, yeah, those guys are idiots because they bought a Stadia Founders Pack. I get that. But at the same time, not only did they buy the Founders Pack, but they paid full price for that video game. Even though it's not yeah, theirs, yeah, they get no equity. They paid full price for it, and they aren't getting anything with it. And I, I feel like whether it's Randy Pitchford and Gearbox or it's Google Stadia, I feel like... I mean, they bought a product, and they're literally not getting the product. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it sucks. Like, like, yeah, somebody should be giving them a rebate of some sort because the bill of sale that they signed on for is just, I mean, I mean, right now, if I go out and I buy a Betamax VCR with a Betamax movie, the movie's going to be on that Betamax. It's going to be on Betamax, so it's fucking useless, but that movie is going to be there, you know? Yeah. I feel like with this game, it's not really there. Just like you said, don't even worry about playing it. It's not the game, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's what we complained about week one, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that covers that, but we are going to move right into the next subject. And that next subject we're moving into is Randy Pitchford again, uh, the the man who loves to uh, make everything harder for himself, uh, continues to do so. Um, not only has he been snubbed by the Game Awards, which we'll get into that, but he has now started a Twitter battle with Phil Spencer, my personal messiah, so you know who I'm on the side of. Um, how did he do this? He randomly decided to insult the Xbox Series X's size. Uh, in a tweet, he said, is Moore's Law slowing down? Question mark. How many transistors in the Series X? Question mark. What if Moore's Law is like the four-minute mile? Your ambitious message for Xbox One X was inspiring, but for, but for Series X, well, this feels more like an excuse. To which, uh, and to explain Moore's Law, Moore's Law is that as technology becomes more powerful, it becomes smaller. So the better the better your technology is, the smaller it gets. Tell that to phones. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Moore's law has slowed down. That's the whole argument. Is that basically what Randy Pitchford is doing? Is he is arguing that the box is too big? He's basically calling him out and saying that the the Series X is too big because the Xbox One X was was very small. Um, to which uh, Phil Spencer responded. Um, as Moore's Law slows and our uh, perf ambitions uh, increase, it leads to design innovation. Software innovations like VRS will also be critical. Xbox Series X rewrites the rules of a console design, and the power level should be extraordinary. And basically he's saying, uh, fuck you, it's more powerful. <laughs> Without saying that via Twitter. Um Here's my problem with this. Uh, I feel like Randy Pitchford has something against Xbox. And the big reason I want to bring this Twitter war up with you guys, um, because I know you guys are basically going to agree with me that Randy Pitchford is an idiot, right? We don't need to discuss that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, My big concern from this, though, is, uh, and this is my conspiracy theory, this is my wild speculation, is that Gearbox is pulling away from Xbox and that they're going to start becoming a PlayStation second party. While I know right now you guys are going, that's crazy, 
uh, they announced they've announced one other game uh, after Borderlands Three. They announced it at the Video Game Awards, and it's a PlayStation Five exclusive. It's called Godfall. That's Gearbox's next game, and it's only on PlayStation. Now Randy Pitchford has taken to Twitter to call out Phil Spencer for no reason on the X series. Um, is he setting it up to walk away from Xbox, to become a second-party publisher for PlayStation? And this is my fear. Man, that would be a terrible business decision. Yeah, wouldn't they lose a lot of money on that? Look, it has been said quite a bit that um, there is a lot of lot more money in the third party, but at the same time, it costs more money. So, like, you get this weird balancing act when you're a third-party developer. Yes, you have a potential to make more money because you can sell to three different systems, but at the same time, you have to make sure you develop for three different systems. You have to package for three different systems. You have to release physical copies for three different systems. So... There's also something to be said about the stipend from the companies. A lot of the companies that Xbox has acquired, the 15 companies that they acquired in the last two years that are just now starting to come out with games, they acquired them because those companies don't have the money to run on their own, so Xbox comes in and gives them money to make games for their system. Do I think that Gearbox needs money? No, I don't. But I feel this is real. Those two factors together make me real nervous. Let me put it that way. Man, I I hope you're wrong because number one, I have an Xbox. Number two, there, there's there's like I pay attention to all like the like for instance Borderlands YouTubers, and I'd say a good third of them are running on Xbox yep. software. You know. Um, mm. I just feel like while they'll make or they'll make less or they'll have less overhead, I suppose, if they did that deal, is it going to equal the amount of money they'll lose in in sales? Because I don't know if everyone would follow. Like I would be in a tough place because I'm one of those people because I only play a few, you know, different games as of now. I don't have the need to own multiple consoles, you know? Right. Mm. I I agree. I I don't think it's a good business decision. I do think, despite what Randy Pitchford says outwardly, I don't think those are ever good business decisions. But behind closed doors, he usually makes good business decisions on what he's publishing and what he's doing. I mean, there's been a few exceptions, like the Duke Nukem game and colonial space marines but like on a whole his company makes money he's fiscally solvent so i don't know why he'd want to take away that revenue stream but to release a game exclusively for playstation and then to call out xbox within two weeks of that makes me very nervous is 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 my only concern and i don't want to stir up trouble that's not there but i just i mean we're borderline I'm sorry, go ahead. We're stirring it. Okay, well, we're Borderlands fans. You know, if if they become, if they walk away from Xbox, Borderlands 4 will not be on Xbox. But even more so, if they walk away from from Xbox, if they walk away from Xbox X series specifically, you might be missing out on DLC for Borderlands 3. Like, if you yeah. switch up to a system. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they might cut that off. Like, they obviously can't cut off the season passes because the people have paid for that. Uh, that would be a huge, huge black eye if they did that. But we all know that Borderlands is known for releasing many DLCs after their initial four. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. lose support for it the last time that last DLC comes out. And that just, this, I don't understand why he would just randomly call out Phil Spencer on the Series X design specifically. Uh, why he would do this like i don't get it well uh, to, to counter that is why are millionaires like that such fucking children i mean oh. <laughs> yeah come on guys like it if, if you're wrong zach and he's just doing it to to be like hey look at my dick then he's a f- idiot which we know he is but how can you be that smart and that Stupid, stupid at the, at the same, same time. time. 
Yeah, I I totally agree. Like like if I'm wrong and he's just doing it to doing it, it almost makes it worse. Not for us, but for just on a whole that this is the guy that's in charge of so many things that we love. You know. Or this is yeah. As we know it, and it's in a sad state that like. Well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna segue this right into the to the uh a game awards. They got snubbed. They got snubbed hard, and they didn't even just get snubbed by the Game Awards. I don't think they got a Game Award nomina- a Game of the Year nomination by anybody other than us. Um, yeah. Not IGN, uh, not uh, GameSpot. None of them nominated them. Um, they were nominated all in like secondary, no nothing categories like multiplayer and co op, and they didn't even win on the Game Awards. Like they didn't no, even they win it. They nominated. lost. It to, they lost it to some bullshit game. I personally think that's wrong, and I think the reason they did it is wrong, but I think the reason they did it is because of the shady way they released the review copy. Yeah, I can agree with that. What sucks about it, though, is, like, it's still a good game, obviously, and there's still so many people that work so hard on that game. I mean, it, it has so much support, like, from the devs, that it really impresses me like no other Borderlands game has had this many like hot fixes and patches in this short amount of time. Yeah. And I, I feel for the guys that worked their asses off to to do this to get shit on because because of a childish uh yeah. like screw you, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I one hundred percent agree that you know, there are people who are putting, you know, 60, 80 hours of work into this game a week, uh, and they don't get the respect or, you know, uh, uh, acknowledgement that they deserve because the people above them um, are children. And, and I agree. Personally, I don't, I don't think any of this shit should factor in. The review copy shouldn't factor in. None of that should factor in. What should factor in is what's the best game, period. Yep. What are the exactly. best games that came out this year? And if and anybody who can look me in the eye and tell me that Borderlands 3 was not one of the best games that came out in 2019, I'll call them a liar because that's what they are. Actually, though, I'm not even like a fan of the game, except for I, even I can acknowledge how good it is. I'm like, yeah, that's a good game. Right. Right. Exactly. Like, that should have been nominated um, also, Death Stranding got nominated. I just want to point that out. Uh, it didn't win, though. It didn't win. It oh. got nominated, though. That got nominated, and Borderlands barely got nominated. It got nominated for one thing. Yeah. I No, I agree. I don't think that it should have gotten snubbed. I, I, and I, I really feel like it got snubbed because of some petty bullshit. You know, because yeah. the people the people who decide who nominates, one thing that's very smart about how the Game Awards do things is they get a committee together of all the popular media outlets, then they take into account player uh, like player and fan reaction to games. So like one thing that comes into it is like that's great because one person isn't picking them all, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the same time though, Randy Pitchford burned all of them with the way he did this review copy. So literally all of them took it personal and snubbed Borderlands 3, which is wrong. I'm not saying it's not. But at the same time, man, Randy Pitchford just, despite his own face, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and and even what's sad about it is like they've even been making a conscious effort to keep him out of the the media as far as like attached to Borderlands three, but he still finds a way to like weasel in on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He he manages to get up there and say some stupid crap and it's just ridiculous. Like if you watch the Borderlands show and stuff like that, they don't have him on really. They have like no. whoever's directly related to whatever they're talking about, like whether it be the whatever the, the head of DLC or the, you know. Yeah. I can't remember his name. I know who you're talking about. He's the cool guy behind it. That was at all of the, the conferences with Randy. I, 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 I know what you mean. And I love that when like the borderland show doesn't even like say that Randy Pitchford has anything to do with it. 
Okay. Which I think is smart, but he finds a way to weasel. And okay. <laughs> Alright, so that brings us to the end of the show. We're not doing anything super crazy at the end of this show, but uh, since it's Borderlands 2 and we're reviewing how Borderlands is doing, we're going to give the Borderlands a letter grade from each of us. And uh, this is going to be really interesting because uh, Logan doesn't really play. He's only got yep. the peripheral and the news stories and what he hears about on this to give that letter grade. Myself, I would call myself a casual player. I'm a deep casual player, but a casual player. Uh, and then, of course, Phil, a professional Borderlands player. And no matter how you much you want us to not say you're a professional Borderlands player, I personally you're know you've made money on player. it. You're a, you're, you're a Borderlands player. So, we're going to start with the most casual. Logan, your letter grade, give us why. Letter grade, I'm going to give it an A-, minus because I think that it is a fantastic game. Um, but the only reason that I added the minus in is the fact that when it first came out, it did like a huge thing with Fortnite. It did a whole event with Fortnite, like the collaboration. Okay. And I'm not huge on Fortnite, but it was a really nice collab and it gave them a lot of notability and people, people were looking at it. And then when they dropped the first DLC, they didn't do anything like that with like another game or like. So, something like that, like another collaboration where it gets their name out there more, and this DLC dropped, like a, a huge bang. That's fair. Like it's they, a missed opportunity. I get it. I felt like they could have done a lot more with that, so I'm giving them an A-. minus. Okay. All right. That's fair. Uh, since I am in between you, the most casual, and the most hardcore of hardcore pro players, Phil Billy, I am going to give my letter grade second. So we can end with the big dog. Uh, I'm actually going to give mine a little bit low. I actually thought you were going to be lower, Logan, so I'm going to look like an asshole. But uh, I'm going to give a B-plus to the game. It usually happens. <laughs> you do usually make me look like an asshole at least once. No matter how much I research and plan and you just show up in a shirt you picked up off the ground, I yep. look like the asshole. Um, so my B plus, uh, I, I actually was ready to give this one a C minus, uh, but this DLC just like brought me back in, uh, so furiously. Like, like I said, like I finished this DLC and I immediately started to go back to one of my other characters to play through it again. Cause I feel like the balancing has just done, they've done so much with the balancing and the content was just so great that it just, it just pulled me back in, and I just want to play more of it. I want to get those characters up. I want to do a little bit more min-maxing. So I, I bumped mine up to a B plus. Um, looking like the asshole, apparently, as the low guy. But, um, yeah, B plus for me. Uh, so it's it's all on you, Phil Billy. Uh, what's your letter grade of Borderlands 3 so far? Well, I got to keep you as the asshole, so uh, I'm going <laughs> to. I give it a solid A, and not an A plus, but a, a respectable solid A, just because. And I, it, you guys might think I'm just because I'm a fanboy or whatever, which I, I do love the game. But the reason I give it a solid A is just because of the support that it's been getting. Like people say, Borderlands. Some people are claiming Borderlands Two was a better game, and. I don't know if I agree with that, but what I can say is Borderlands 2 did not have the support from the developers that this game has, and I give it a lot of credit because not only does it have support moving forward, but they've actually listened to fans. Like, nobody's like me on Reddit and stuff like that. When they start to see more than, you know, a handful of people talking about an issue or a suggestion they've actually proved to have been listening. So I feel like the game is still moving forward in a great way and it's already a good game in my opinion. All right. Well, I think that's well said by all of us. I, I am definitely still the asshole, but I totally agree with the support thing. Uh, I, like I said, that's probably why my grade went up so high. Um, all right, so that brings us to the end of the show, guys. Uh, the end of, of Borderlands The Show 2. 
Um, I do want to say next week we will be, again, at kind of a weird schedule. So if you want to get your fan tractions in, you only have about 24 to 36 hours to get it in before we record. And next week we are doing a review of 2019. Me and Logan are going to look back at 2019 and all our favorite games and all of our favorite screw-ups. And um, really we're just going to talk like idiots for an hour. That's basically what we do every yeah, time. So. pretty much. Uh, Phil, thanks for being with us. Thanks for sharing your Borderlands knowledge uh, and your unique perspective. Do you have anything to promote? Uh, the only thing I want to throw out there is uh, I've been thinking about, and I've mentioned it to Zach, is since I like the min-maxing and there's guys there that obviously are making livings making the YouTube videos, I've been thinking about um, doing some builds that's going to help me figure out how to capture and stuff because I'm terrible with computers and stuff and throwing it up on your guys's uh horrible uh youtube if you guys are interested in that uh i would love nothing more than to you to have your stuff on um old man gaming i i want old man gaming to become more than just uh me forcing my friends to do stuff so um (laughs) So this is great. It's great. And I definitely hope you capture. And yes, uh, I want those builds. I th- I think those things give get a lot of clicks too. And I like the clicks. Not to be Randy Pitchford about it, but I'm all about the clicks. Um, Logan, you got anything to promote? I do not. All right. Well, then I'll take it away with my giant amount of promotions as always. Uh, Mondays are my reviews. Uh, you can check out this last Monday. I did borderlands dlc the paid dlc this upcoming monday i will be doing untitled goose game you may check back on my channel for my dumb playthrough of the outer wilds every tuesday and then my playthrough of borderlands 3 with you guessed it philbilly 330 every wednesday every wednesday we don't forget anyway (laughs) and then fridays you know it right here the podcast every week we're managing to do it through the holidays i'm very proud of us Um, And, of course, you can listen to it audio everywhere the day before on Thursday. So uh, thank you guys for continuing to come back and watching this. Thank you guys for continuing to enjoy this. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. And I just want to say have a happy new year because this is the last show before happy new year. Happy new year. Happy 2020. Happy future day. So, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. We'll see you next week.